And all I hear is, oh, yeah, motherfucker. And you're just like, yo, this (laughs) this guy is really just going in. That's perfect, just a bit more. You're all good <laughs> for uh, Bev's, it sounds like? Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, well, without further ado, I'm good to get going. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure Podcast. We're going from Calgary all the way down to Florida to be chatting with, um, in my opinion, one of the most hyped death metal bands right now, uh, Body Box, and uh, Harry, who I believe does vocals, but correct me if I'm wrong there. Yes, yes, awesome. I do vocals. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, no, no thank you for having me. Of course. Um, yeah, like Body Box, uh, you know, kind of a new, like a brand new band that came out in just in, in the last couple of months here and like really blown away by, you know, seeing how many people are uh, stoked on you guys, but also like, you know, the music itself is uh, mind blowing. Um, and, and and I was saying kind of like, I don't know where I'll essentially fade it, fade it in, but I think there's definitely a kind of a, a shift in like a lot more people getting into death metal and that style of heavy music, myself included. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to be chatting with you and uh, you know, some yeah, of those it's, things. It's, the crowd has definitely changed. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the people that are into it are definitely people that wouldn't have been into it years ago. Sure. Right. right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, th- there's a lot of like, um, connecting of the dots here because like um gator who friend of the show came on kind of like mid season one like we alluded to some of that where like there's we were talking then about how there's kind of this rise with you know bands like sing with sugabog and like his band graveview and just like some of those like kind of staple bands that like you know there's there's almost like two types of like death metal fans where people are like no it's only old school stuff and maybe not giving some of the newest shit like the time of day but um no i'm like yeah i i I also feel like it's been a thing like where like people don't want to people don't want to go back and people don't want to do something that's been done before but you know what i mean some of the things that have been done before have been probably some of the greatest things ever to see live (laughs) and to hear yeah it's it, there's a, a f- there's a fine line of you know a band just being another Madball or another uh, like Metallica if if you even want to go a step yeah. above but yeah. you know you, you can't deny that a lot of those people really set a lot of um, tastes and trends uh, for for a lot of the a lot of the bands coming up so and that doesn't really matter uh, either genre no but like yeah a lot in. a lot of the grooves a lot of the patterns and just the simplicity and everything that was exposed by those bands like definitely yeah kind of made it easier for everybody yeah but it's cool to bring it back in a tasteful way Mm -hmm. yeah and i and i think like i don't know i've been thinking the last uh, couple weeks about doing a playlist that and and this is so subjective for sure like you know (laughs) like it would look different for everyone but if there was a, a playlist of like all the major like 
like heavy music trendsetters in the last 10 years. Like, yeah. you know, you, you look at a band like, um, like, like even like, I don't, I don't feel like a lot of people would give them their due, but I feel like Gideon was one of those bands that like really brought the, like the, the people in the like metallic hardcore space and the people in like the post hardcore, like rise of record space and kind of yeah. made a bridge. Cause like <laughs> yeah. as, as soon as they like became a huge band, like, like there's so many people that are like, yeah, like get, like that's a Gideon riff or like that's a Gideon breakdown as far as like patterns go. So, and you know, you yeah. can say that about Madball, you can say that about knock loose. You could say that about like vein code orange. So yeah, the, the list goes on and yeah. on, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey. I love I love Vane side now. Those guys are awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah, well, well Harry, we're we're doing things a little out of order. Normally we check bevs at the beginning <laughs> before we talk any music stuff, but um, you know. Hey man, it's it's all blowing right here. Yeah, the chats are going already. Um <laughs> but it's a tradition for the guests to go uh first on the Bev check. So t- oh, tell the oh, people right. what you're drinking. Well, I'm rocking with a nice uh what is this, a twelve ounce? <laughs> Well, Coors Light action. 12-ounce silver bullet. Coors Light. Doing it right at 3.05 in the afternoon. You know, it's a Saturday. <laughs> right. I mean, I got work later, but you know what I mean? Yeah. gaming for that. <laughs> sure. Uh, do you do something uh, work-wise that's in the in the Bev uh, range where you could do that? Or, uh, or is it uh, totally sound? Uh, no. I'm a, I'm a sound guy. So I run your sound oh, at venues okay. and stuff. So, yeah, I can be as drunk as I want. You know what I mean? <laughs> As long, as long as I get the job done, you know what I mean? They, right. they love me. I can smoke my weed. I can do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Dude, uh, how long have you been doing that for? Like, you know, obviously that's a, um, a profession that, you know, there's, there's definitely been a big gap of time where I'm sure you've been able to work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, this is all I've ever wanted to do ever since I was a kid. And I'm only 22, so I'm still kind of a kid. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've been... Uh, professionally doing it for like three four years solidly now okay cool yeah um do yeah i so kind of like like at a high school kind of the time frame is when you started that uh right when i got out of high school um my first job my first job ever was i got to work at hard rock live the one in orlando Hmm. and i like ran trash and shit and like uh was just like the ticket usher dude yep and then uh i had like nasty dreadlocks and everything like that and they didn't really want me out in the aisles anymore so they kept like offering me like stagehand gigs and stuff sure yeah and then like just trying to get me to the back of the house where i don't have to like do customer service <laughs> and then uh <laughs> and then uh yeah i ended up going back there and met all the guys back there and they dude i got to do some like really cool shows mm. And like, that's like what got me into it. Cause I was like, oh shit, I can be a part of this yeah. massive show and like help, like actually like put it together. I like doing stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That That's one of the things where it's like, you know, maybe my band, band, it doesn't make sense for my band to play with this people, but I still want to see them. And if I just work the gig and get to have yeah. a little bit of responsibility, then I don't have to buy yeah. a, a crazy ticket price. So yeah, like I got to, I, I got to work for Allison Chains, I think was one of my first Whoa, gigs ever. Dude. And like, dude, like total, like, uh, like whatever band to a lot of people. But like, when you see them live, it is like the coolest thing ever. Sure. Same with, uh, uh, Corn, 
Um, I did Marilyn Manson when I was there. We did, uh, dude, we did like a lot of like really cool fucking people that I, I've been wanting to see ever since I was a kid. So yeah. that's, and then we, uh, then I got to do ministry and ministry was like, okay. that, that was when I was like, yo, I've got to start doing lighting. And because I saw their whole show and their whole stage setup and everything. And that's what got me into lighting, honestly. Yeah. Seeing that thing. So do you, do you, um, multitask? Like you do the sound and the lighting or I'm sure there's a couple of gigs where it's like, Oh, someone else is doing this. And I just focus on this aspect. My, my dream was to, to, to be full, fully lighting, but you know what I mean? Ever since COVID and everything, you kind of have to be a, a man of many talents to keep the <laughs> to keep the job type of thing absolutely so yeah so yeah and i just work at a uh i run a, a little club downtown orlando which is the old back booths down there okay. it's called soundbar now hmm. and uh yeah we just yeah it, right now it's just me working there so mm-hmm. it's nobody else and i think i have i'll have like a couple guys here and there help me out but really yeah it's just been kind of slow but yeah we're getting back to it now yeah well you know force yeah being able to uh you know have a like a, a little coors light before work is uh is always a bonus for it's sure it's a treat it's, it's a, a treat, treat. Sure. yeah definitely it's a treat for sure um, my dude. you know it, it's always funny because now it like i'm trying to always like you know i just before the call here i did an episode with my uh my friend ravi and he plays in a band called uh juice from up here in canada and i was like oh, trying okay. to find like the most juice related bev to, to <laughs> so I, I feel like for a body box podcast like the the only appropriate uh drink to check would be a liquid death to match all you know, right the death all metal right. vibes that we're gonna be yeah, talking about dude. Um, murder in your thirst absolutely um yeah so we're doing the sparkling that's my go-to um you dude know. me too i love it yeah it, it gives me a, it gives me that little bit of carbonation not too much yeah like the 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 mountain water like the still water if you want to call it that it's it's it is what it is but you know like i'm definitely reaching for a black can over a, a white can for sure yeah for sure um yeah the uh I do production for this uh, wrestling company in Orlando called uh, No Peace Underground, and they okay. just got sponsored by Liquid Death, and Sick. like they sent us a bunch of stuff, dude. Yeah, so we're we're hydrated. Yeah, we're, no, we're like um, you know, Sticks. Um, I had him on the podcast. I don't know if you caught that episode, but um, you know, just being able to um, chat with him about that brand and what they do is like, you know that should be the only water that you uh should be buying like fuck aquafina and dasani and all that bullshit like get something that's like renewably um uh, sustainably renewable and uh you know probably the best tasting water anyways um, no and it like when it came out like it was supposed to be such like a niche thing for such a niche market right. and then like it was just like a, oh like if you had it that was so cool nobody drink it just put it on the shelf kind right. of thing but yeah they i love how they were just like no this is gonna be <laughs> everywhere yeah. like well i love that like you you might know about this but um he told me off air and I think that they've made this and yeah, they have made this announcement, but they're, they're in a ton of like the plan is they're going to be in all these live nation venues, uh, you know, as the world starts to fully open up again. So like now it's going to be like any show, like liquid death is going to be the water of choice and it doesn't feel yeah. like super out of the ordinary to like everyone else maybe, you know, 
drink a, a Bud Light or a, a crazy craft beer, and then you know, I, I think holding it, I this think it, makes sense. Yeah, uh, my grandfather, he never drank or anything. Um, uh, way different from the rest of my family, tremendously. Mm -hmm. And so, he, whenever he was like, whenever he'd hang out or something, he'd always like had to like, I can't remember what they're what they're called, but the little green bottles. And he'd sit there and just drink a non-alcoholic beer, even oh, though they taste yeah, yeah, yeah. They taste like like really, really strong mm -hmm. tonic water, like <laughs> that you would just mix with something. You'd have to mix with something. Mm -hmm. But he'd just sit there and drink it just so that nobody would make fun of him or anything. But right. I think I think it'll be good uh to have that at shows and stuff. You know what I mean? Have a have a can for all the straight edge guys, for oh, all the yeah. all, all the guys to just hold you know you need something to hold in your hand yeah it's it's the amount of times that i've like either dropped off cans because i'm trying to just like you know share the the liquid death love because six sends me so many i'm like this will like like there's there's it's almost one of those things and th this gets into a larger topic that we don't necessarily need to go down but it's one of those things where it's like if you had a surplus amount of money you know making sure that a lot of your shit is covered like you can still like pass off some of that to your friends like hey i have a you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like a supply, you know, taking care of people. So I'm trying to take care of people and spread the word about liquid death. And the amount of times that people are like, oh, like, I, I won't drink one of those now. Like, I can't have beer at 10 a.m. I'm like, dude, it's water. Like, if anything, <laughs> yeah. you should no. drink a liquid yeah. death at 10 a.m. You're good. <laughs> now you can drink this. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, well, Harry, um, cheers to you. I'm really excited cheers. to be doing this podcast. Cheers with to you. you, Spencer. Of cheers course. to you. Thank you, man. So like I said, like Body Box, brand new band as far as like, you know, you guys just put out your first release, having a, a crazy response, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure in your local circle, but especially online as well, like the fact that I always think it's like, even when my band put out our demo, I was like, the fact that people across in Europe and all these places in the States are hearing it. So like, you know, like for someone like myself, like being up here in Calgary and being like, no body box is like a badass band. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's very clear that that is resonating with people. So definitely want to chat yeah. about that release. Um, but normally any new guests that I have here on the show, I just like to get a little bit of context about how they got into heavy music, DIY culture, um, anything like that. So take me way back in time. Tell me like the first time that you heard, like, you know, um, whether you started in death metal, like right out of, you know, preschool and all that shit, or if yeah. there was like moments that kind of like transitioned. Uh, yeah. Tell me about that. I, I had a great childhood, uh, when it came to music, uh, that that's the one thing I will say a hundred percent. Uh, my dad was the, uh, or he still is to this day. He, he's the bud man. So he sells Budweiser. Oh, and it's just all he's done. That's all my grandfather's done. They just sold beer their whole life. So we've, uh, we've made our friends and everything. And when I was a kid, like my dad, he would just get us into every concert. He felt that we need, we should see as children. Mm. And okay. like, uh, so like he took us, I think my first concert ever was stained. Wow. Okay. Very, very interesting for a first concert. Very, very interesting crowd. Uh, and then the next concert was Corn, uh, and uh, I did. I got to see Slipknot, all, all at Hard Rock, Hard Rock Live and stuff. I used to 
they used to just let us run around all of us kids like backstage and stuff right because my dad would just be there working so it was it was cool like and i would just see i would just go to shows like every every month uh something that'd be playing at the hard rock so my dad would take us there or amway center and sneak us in uh, in his work van he had three he had three yeah he had three kids in the back of a little budweiser van like those little uh <laughs> yeah he'd see that visual in. is crazy <laughs> Yeah, he's a badass, dude. He's cool. So he would he, just uh, roll up and he was like, I'm with uh I'm with uh Budweiser. And it's like, uh anyone else in there? You're like, nope, and just roll through. <laughs> oh no, he'd let him know too. He's got oh, oh okay. the back. And then they just be like, <laughs> no, All right, Mike, uh, you're good. They're and my kids, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, they're my kids. You're, you're all good. Yeah. But <laughs> it's so funny. Dude, he picked us up, he picked us up from elementary school in the in Budweiser. The Budweiser <laughs> in the Budweiser van, in the car loop. Oh, I can't even imagine the dirty looks that he must have gotten from other oh, parents yeah. and all that. <laughs> well, you know how like they do like a thing in the car loop uh, where they would talk over like a like a megaphone, and oh, they'll be like, "Okay, all right, so and so," because when you're too young, like they got to call, they'll call you out of your classroom. Sure. Okay. And like, it, 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 they would call you out, and then like I always remember hearing them pause. Whenever they got to, like, it would be a big pause before our name because I know they're talking to my dad. Yeah. And they're being like, hey, you got to stop bringing this this Budweiser van and just have them walk across the street. Yeah. Dude. No, like, I, I, like in the in the after school car loop that you're talking about, like, my, my school didn't have <laughs> someone orchestrating that. It was, like, honestly a free-for-all. Like, you know, you have the people doing, like, the, the crosswalk, like – you know, stopping and letting people yeah. cross. But it was like, yeah. literally like, if like my mom would like later on when I was like in middle school and in high school, like my mom had, um, you know, get, like I got a cell phone and she would call me. It's like, I've done three loops. Like, where, where are you? And but, like, <laughs> even before that, it was just like, you, like you saw it, you have to like run. And yeah, it's people are honking no. at people. Cause people are like just sitting there waiting. Yeah. So they're, they're already, they're pissed. They're Everyone's pissed. in Everybody, a bad mood. Everyone's all the staff, mood. all the staff and all the moms and everybody, they're cursing at each other. It's a, it's a war zone. It's a war zone. So adding no, but, a, a Budweiser thing just to like stir the pot just that much further. Yeah. It was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. I never got it until I was older though, but yeah. yeah, that got us in, that guy got us into all the shows and all that. And like, but I remember, um, still to this day, one of the greatest shows I've ever seen there was a uh, velvet revolver. Okay. With uh, the guy from Scott uh, Scott Weiland from STP, that dude it was like the wildest, like totally. It's just like rock and roll, like nothing, like like the music in general is nothing the craziest I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. But just like the the music and the attitude that went along with everything was like shocking because like. Oh, we we uh, at Hard Rock, there's like a basement where all the dressing rooms are. Mm-hmm. You got to go down, and we went down to like walk around the corner. And then at the time, the guy, Big Daddy, was still working there, running the uh, live section, and he would just like walk us through. And uh, Scott Weiland's dressing room was getting like loaded in, and they had like this one road case, like a work box type of thing but it was cracked open 
And then uh, we walked in and he was like, yeah, this is Scott's, this is Scott's dressing room. Just like, cause we're, we were just amazed by anything. Mm-hmm. And, and like, we were like, Oh yeah, that's fucking crazy. And then like, he's like, yeah, look, here's a work box. And he just blindly opens it up just to like show us like, I don't know. He'd walk around and just sure, just open things yeah, up. He's, being an he's asshole. the tour guide or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's just being an asshole, showing off. And like, he opened up. I remember that the drawer in the workbox, and it was like just like the most organized. It was like a pharmaceutical, like uh, like if you go to CVS, like sure. it was all divided up, like in different cubbies, and like it's like every pill you can imagine. <laughs> my god coke <laughs> uh like every drug you can imagine just stuffed into these drawers and yeah. i guess that's just this drug slash medical work box that's and crazy yeah that and he immediately just shut it shuts it <laughs> of course because he wanted to save his job i think at the time and right. like he knew because if, if you get caught doing that right. it's bad that's bad <laughs> you're, you're sneaking through people's yeah. shit yeah yeah so that that right there was like and i was only like 14 15 and like i was like yo this shit's fucking real this this motherfucker because he went on stage that night and he was fucked up right like like out of his mind but he killed the set absolutely killed it walked off had to be carried off the stage but it's like just the just the wildness of it and everything that definitely stuck with me for one of my first shows yeah yeah and, and i think that's a big thing whether it's you know heavy metal metalcore hardcore um i think it's just the the wild energy that's like so eye-catching and it's like such a even if it's like one of those things that you're unsure like if it's your first show and you're just like seeing like people like literally jumping like arms up not like oh like i'm gonna do this like people going absolutely crazy and doing the wildest shit like it's such an energy that isn't really in any, in most like music circles. So like, Oh yeah. That that's infectious in a way. You're like, I want to be able to take part in that. And then on top of that, um, well that, that, that was at, at one of the most safest places you can go see a show. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) So that, that, that to see, to feel that at that places, that's, that's really crazy. You gotta be really good to, to be able to deliver something that something that good mm-hmm. with that many people. And there's such like a huge disconnect and everything with playing those bigger venues too. So like, that's definitely, uh, it's impactful when someone's able to do it and yeah, definitely that yeah. form. But I, and like, so I, I, that was how I was like, that was my first experience. But then like when, uh, I was about 17, 18 mm. yeah about 17 yeah 17 i got kicked out of my house and that's when i started going and just sneaking out of my friend's house that i was living at and we'd go to like hardcore shows and stuff and that's when i saw i think my first show was at back Booth, and it was a uh, cruel hand and uh lifeless oh, and okay. yeah, yeah it yeah, it got lit it, uh, that after that show i was like all right nothing can uh nothing can top this i think a guy got beat up with a stanchion that night oh, outside a, sorry, you know, like sorry those, a what 
you know those movie things like a like a the line makers oh like like, like the, the clipboards is that what you're talking about um you know like little black poles with the with the belt the the nylon strap that comes out at movie theaters and stuff like oh, that oh okay yeah yeah like those little line divider the like the oh okay I, I know what you're talking about now it's like the yes. the poles and then you pull the thing out and it clicks yeah. in okay so exactly yeah, like, like at the airport yes. when you're going through security <laughs> yeah you can change yeah. it up okay I, I i'm up to speed with you now some guy got whopped with one of those <laughs> and i think that was when that 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 was when it got really real and i was like all right i i gotta start coming i gotta start looking into this genre mm. a little bit more yeah because <laughs> yeah. that that was definitely worth my ten dollars <laughs> and like and like my yeah and like paying my friend in gas money to like right. get us down there like yeah. definitely i was like all right we can i, I think we should I go love that you said that because you know i I, I can't remember which vocalist it was, but you know, I, I've heard it sometimes where a vocalist will talk about like, get your money's worth, you know, like, you know, yeah, go yeah. crazy, but like, you know, you, you paid $10, like you should use it. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah dude, that's like, no. yeah, I did get my, my money's worth going to that show because all this wacky shit happened. So yeah, so like, no, and that, that club was where you can see some wacky shit happen still to this day. Some wacky shit happens here sure. and there, but that when i was growing up was that that spot was fucking hilarious mm-hmm. yeah like i remember seeing some kid get the balcony is not even two stories tall but some kid got thrown off of it oh, and like my. hurt himself pretty bad like did not land like a cat i'll tell right. you that he he did not he land did not right. land on all fours no no and <laughs> And it's funny because it's really not that tall of a balcony at all. Sure. But like that kid, yeah, I I remember uh, that was like right after that show too. It was a Trader show. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I would always I would always be just blown away by any guitar player, vocalist of any genre that would like get their kicks out of like climbing to ridiculous heights. Whether it's like I'm climbing up on top of three PA monitors and then like either play or jump off or like the crazier ones is when it's like outdoor festivals and they're climbing up huge scaffoldings. And I'm like, you know, what's even crazier though is the fact that I'm the one setting up that shit that they're climbing yeah. on and I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> so it, it's funny that they have so much trust in all of us, right. but the guys that set it up, yeah, so I doubt, that's the thing that I doubt any of those about. musicians are going and shaking it before, like, okay, I can climb this. It's literally absolutely like in the not, <laughs> absolutely not, dude. Dude, that There's... is so funny. You're like, trust me, as someone that sets it up, it's probably not the safest thing to be doing. <laughs> yeah, and no, and I think I learned my lesson whenever I because uh, I used to, uh, I used to like TM and like, I guess, DJ whenever whenever there wasn't a dj for like rappers and stuff like a lot of sure. those like soundcloud dudes like uh through like that through like shows for, like that xx temptation dude and Tentacion, like uh, i think is how yeah. you say it? yeah yeah and tassion dude i yeah sometimes and, i always say sorry to we're, we're jumping around a little <laughs> bit but there's a podcast i listen to where the guest 
uh, or sorry, not the guest, the host of that podcast can like not say that to save his life. So he's always like, uh, XX Tentacion, and it's like, <laughs> Ethan, what are you doing, man? But anyways, it's like just like go uh, here. I I always have to go and like same thing with a lot of these bands nowadays. I'll like. I'll definitely go on YouTube and hear someone pronounce it first <laughs> and sit there and practice it. Mm. But uh, yeah, I did, I did a lot of, a lot of stuff for like just TM for like rappers and stuff. And I remember I, um, I was drunk one night and I was only, cause I started doing it really young and like I was uh, 18 or so. And we did like a show at the old Firestone right down the street here. And they had like a like a like it was like a riser for the DJ, and then it was like another riser for the DJ booth. And then there was two giant PA speakers like uh, for monitors on either side. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty trash because I had to put up with all those idiots. And I'm sitting there, and like I ended up getting up on top of the thing, and like the guy, the sound guy, was like. He just tapped me on the back of the leg and he was like, be careful. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck off. Like, it's not that high. Right. It's not that high. And like, and I'm like, uh, and he's like, and I'm like, I'm going to jump off of it. And like, it was so loud because the show was going on. Yeah. He's trying to like hide to at the same time. And I was like, I, I was like, all right. And he's like, get off of it, get off of it. And I was like, I'll get off of it. And I jumped off of it. But I jumped off the, the front way instead of like back onto the second riser. Oh. And it was really high come, <laughs> come to figure out. And uh, like it was, it was at least like a good, I jumped it like a good 11, 10 feet. Dude. And like I just like hit, like, you know how your knees just fold up type of thing whenever you hit the ground? And I was yes. just like, oh God, oh. my whole. No, like I played it off and I got behind the thing and I was like, all right, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and then like, well, and then like the thing's not secured down. Nothing's like tied down. Right. It's definitely not safe. It's definitely not safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like the bad ass factor is definitely there, but there's, there's, it's, it's those moments of picking and choosing and yeah. yeah, like if there's any lesson to be learned here, it's like maybe think twice because like the people setting it up might not be as confident in the uh, structure or high. integrity. They, they, or, or they might just be or high. Or they might just be high. <laughs> yeah, and they might have skipped a step that day. You never know. <laughs> right. Um, so. Well, dude, let's uh, definitely <laughs> chat about some body box. We've been going on so many tangents, but it's been super, super fun. I um, love it. So, love so tell me about how a body box came to be. Um, is that a band that you've been working on for years? Something that came like really quickly in the, you know, in the age of the pandemic? Uh, yeah, just tell me some of the origin and then we'll kind of get to some of the other aspects of the band. Uh, well, the idea of the record, I've been trying to get in the orcs for four to five years now and uh it, it's just from it, it's a it's, it was purely about like me getting kicked out of my house and like living where i lived for a little bit mm. and uh it i had this idea because i met all these fucking like for a good four years five years i was sitting there and uh just living in 
hell kind of with, with these with all these dudes and all these people that i met over the year or so mm. and it i knew i was like i had to like kind of do something about it but n- it never i never met anybody that was um good at playing music if that makes any sense sure yeah i got you and uh like i was like i knew like how to record stuff i knew how to like i, I i've been playing drums guitar um I, and uh, yeah that's about it i <laughs> yeah, that's about it i was about to say something else that's about it yeah, i've yeah. been playing drums and guitar and recording for like ever since i was a little kid so like I, I I knew I wanted to do that, but I wanted to do it like in a group type of way. Sure. And during the time where I was really like thinking about it, it like I couldn't find anybody. And I want to say about a year ago, well, no, two years ago, I met um, I met a couple people, and like I kept trying and trying and trying to like do it. I did it. I. Uh, I, I I trashed two full records. Oh, really? Okay. One one record with one dude. I ended up trashing. I just didn't feel good about it, and like I just got bored with it. And then then I uh, ended up doing lighting one day for um for the band called Prison. I don't yep. know if you heard of them. Yeah, Johnny um, actually. Yeah, Johnny came on the podcast episode somewhere in the 60 to 70 range um yeah i love yeah. him he's 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 the sweetest dude ever he's a great great uh human being yeah, yeah. he uh i he he was like yo we want to do a music video with you and because i do i was doing lighting mainly every day mm. and i knew all their music and all that and uh, they ended up coming through and we shot a music video and then hunter Hunter was filling in for uh, uh, John, their bass player, in the music video okay. because it, he, I think he looked very similar <laughs> and John was busy doing some family stuff. Sure. And uh, so, like, that's when I met Hunter. And I remember me and Hunter were just having this really, like, like the, the director of the video was just taking – doing his director thing and all directors are very um tedious and the job alone is very tedious Absolutely. so me and hunter were just sitting there dreading the whole process after like i think like the hundredth take or something like that and i think we bonded tremendously in my kennel uh i have a little kennel uh where i do all my stuff out of in that i see in that in the club Mm. because uh yeah, we don't like we've had the soundboard get smashed so many times. So now we just put me in a cage. Yes. And I just sit in a cage so nobody can take out the equipment. It's like a, a true bubble. Like, don't yeah. don't come on here. Let me do my thing. Yeah. 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 I you can you. bounce off of it and stuff like that. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. So I met, I, that's where like I, I really met Hunter then. And that was for the still alive music video mm-hmm. which turned out sick uh that was a year ago now i think and mm-hmm. year year or so yeah and yeah we it wasn't till like i think months afterwards that uh quarantine happened 
And like, we all got hit with this really weird thing that like sci-fi movie shit that like we never right. thought would ever happen. Yeah. Like I thought I picked the one job uh, line of work that, you know, you couldn't really get fired from. Yes. You know I mean? <laughs> like you can just be a, a, like a, just a idiot all the time and you can't really get into too much trouble. Right. But yeah, we all got fired. I don't know how we did it, but uh, we created a, a disease that got us all fired. Yeah. And um, that's when I finally had time to, uh, I don't know, I, I got, I lost my mind in my house, first off. Mm -hmm. And I remember Hunter was still living, uh, I think it was Deltona. Yeah, yeah, Deltona. <laughs> and, uh, I went out there and I was like, hey, let's like, because uh, I was a huge fan of Grayview and worked for them a couple times. And that, that stuff to me was like the, that's like, was like the heaviest shit I heard in a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I ended up going to his house and we, re we recorded a whole record, like a five, a five EP record. And it i don't know we just like it sat there for a little bit and then we ended up just trashing it and like <laughs> he he ended up moving out of that house and then he moved into a house in orlando mm. which was um really close to me and he was living with oscar from graveview and when he got there I think we got the most fucked up we've ever gotten fucked up in our whole lives. Like, or at least in a good, good minute. Sure. And, yeah. and uh, Oscar, yeah, would bring the, the new Amsterdam in and we would just get blasted out of our minds and we ended up writing this. And like, my whole thing with Hunter is Hunter writes really technical good shit mm. and like my whole thing with writing it and one what i wanted when we write this was that like i didn't want technical shit right like i want i want good shit but like i want i want some fun groovy shit mm -hmm. and that's we i got drunk enough and i got drunk enough to where like it was just like a it was cool how it happened yeah there was like zero overthinking because you guys were so many drinks. There was deep. no <laughs> thinking at all. There was no thinking. There Over was or absolutely under. Not. Yeah, there was absolutely zero thinking. Yeah. And that's that's why I think it's so good because Hunter thinks a lot and he's really yeah, like that for the stuff that he writes is insane. So like this is really cool for me to see <laughs> yeah, that uh go that way. Yeah. Uh, a couple things that I want to break down there. Uh, the, the first being just like how you were talking about like writing like full releases and then just like trashing them. So like what in your mind was like the difference of like putting something like was that an entirely different band or was this like um, this like you wanted to make sure the first ever body box release was like exactly how you wanted it um, yeah. versus like putting it out and just letting people chew on it and then maybe doing more music. I, the reason why I didn't uh, do anything and I like, I, I could have done it a couple years ago. Sure. But like I am 
terrified of of uh giving people bullshit sure uh, okay yeah like i um i tremendously uh have like like well in just the past couple of years working for bands and like uh seeing just shows and just getting to see it all in a behind the scenes type of thing yeah look or something that like i really don't want to uh same with the shows uh, to the record like i don't want to give you some bullshit i don't want you to sit there like i want the shows to be good formatted good like i don't want you to come see my show and see a band that i don't like type of thing like sure. I, I i want i i want the whole thing because the whole thing really is an experience Absolutely. Like, yeah yeah it really is and like you know you can you can write something that's not a you know what i mean a mozart you know what i mean not everybody's gonna do that like some people just can't can't mentally do that maybe like a lot of people can't do that and like i feel like people stress themselves out tremendously on that part of it but and they forget that it's the 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 thing uh the thing is, is like it's it's a you you're getting you're getting to see it live you're getting to see it uh recorded and it's all about just kind of like making it into this fun thing that everybody can live with sure like i feel yeah like that's a huge point just talking about like um the the power of like a good experience at a hardcore show or a you know any show of that matter is like the thing that kind of gets people in the door or fully, you know, cements, you know, their interest, you know, like, you know, people can, you know, there's so much music in the world where people could spend, you know, if, if, if they truly never left their house from like March, 2020 to, to today, um, you know, like there's so much music to, to wet your palate with, you know, death metal, hardcore, you know, any genre that you want. Nobody would ever leave the house. Yeah. No, yeah. You would never leave the house. But the thing that, that like, it's about taking that and then seeing that in a live setting and, and getting to see those bands actually execute on it. And, um, you know, like I, like I've, I've said this on the podcast a couple of times, but like, I'm really interested for the bands that are like brand new, like never played a show. And, you know, just are either planning or have talks with, you know, their very first show, like you're going to see who like got like overproduced in the studio and it doesn't actually yeah. represent them in that live. Yes. Setting. But, um, yeah, you're, that's going to be a huge thing. You're absolutely right. Like, you know, the, this whole thing boils, like comes back to the experience of that. And we've all like had a lack thereof of that, uh, in the last year or so. Well, and like, uh, a lot of the newer death metal bands um, that I just now am like finding out of like in the past like couple months and mm-hmm. like the past year, I would say like uh, that that's inspired me tremendously sure. to see a lot of those bands uh, uh, kind of just hold back and, and be like, we're going to give what we know we can and then like be able to like, uh, plot out something and like give us something bigger than like it's not just going to be a show like and we're going to make sure of that like Mm. like i like that i don't i don't like just like 
like, cause I, as much as I love hardcore, uh, I don't like some of the, the people that take the DIY thing, like as an excuse to like not give you something or deliver fully on my end. Sure. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think if I'm understanding that correctly, it's like the DIY aspect of using that as an excuse not to, um, to give someone that true experience like you were talking about. Yeah. Like, and you don't have to have um, lights or. Right. Yeah. We're, we're not talking about being like corn Just, level production, but like it's about definitely. being properly practiced stuff. It's about being like intentional yeah. about like, Hey, like the the songs that you're hearing aren't just like random lyrics that I'm making up on the spot, like right. Yeah, and well, no, and like that's just no, like you know, you know, and, like and, I've done that with a couple of bands that I've been a part of, and it never feels good on the on well, the, on and the and so like you can be like a band to where like you can just do gutturals the whole fucking time, sure. But yeah. like, and I think that's fucking amazing. <laughs> do it. And like I'll I'll be there, but like uh, I I want something somewhere else though to make yes. up for it or like type of thing like like you don't have to have lights or anything like that like we're saying or anything you don't have to have like this giant massive production but it's just like all right well I bought a ticket I bought a T-shirt I bought a hoodie I bought your tape um. Oh yeah, and I gave you five bucks on Bandcamp. Where did that go to? You know what I mean? Right, and like, yeah. I, I feel really bad. You know what I mean? Because uh, like I want to show everybody like where and like just put it put it all into physical. That that makes me feel a lot better. And then like that's what I want to. Uh, that's just how I feel like I can uh, give in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the, the live show aspect, like, you know, I, I, I think people can have different preferences, but it, I think most people like, um, or even just, I, I can only really speak for myself ultimately, but like, for me, it's like, I can say different things about different subgenres or whatever, but if a band is going to do that, like do their thing, like, like you said, like if a band is just going to do gutturals, like go, like go and do that thing. Like there's been, yeah there's been plenty of bands that I've seen that have done stuff that is like out of the norm of what I'm used to. But I feel like because it's out of the norm of what I'm used to, I give it way more time, time of day. Um, yeah, versus like, if it, it, it's a weird thing of like variety at like a DIY local show, if you want to call it that and making sure like things aren't leaning one in the other. Cause then if, if you're not being intentional about diversifying, it's like, okay, all these bands sound the same. The representation of all these bands are all the same. And um, and there's no, um, it, it just feels like you're seeing the same band five times over, if that makes sense. Well, and I wanted, and that was, so like when, I'll, a big reason on why the record took so long and why I just didn't just push out what I, what I could at the time was because I wanted to make a record that I could make into a show sure. type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't have a lot of money. So like, I can't, I can't make a, I didn't want to make a record or, or, or like a thing to where like, it, it's not like I, 
I, uh, I need to go out and do like some massive show and put a, like a lot of money into it. But it's like, are you going to hear the samples and the songs and stuff like that, that we like the samples that we have in our songs? Yes. If I can hang a backdrop that night, I'll hang my backdrop. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the little stuff. I feel like, you know, talk with the lighting dude if they have one at a club. Right. Like, you know what I mean? If it, if they don't have much, just at least just do what you can. And like, I, I just feel like it, because you're creating that that you're creating that moment that was created on the record, and you got to do it live. Yes, you got to like recreate it type of thing, or mm-hmm. it's just like kind of I don't know. There's um, a disconnect there. Yeah, like that's what people I feel like people love about this. In my eyes, like it's like they can see it mm-hmm. whenever they listen to it. Like it's a it's coming from a weird. They they could see where it comes from in this like I don't know like it, it has a story that I think everybody uh, has seen living around here in Florida sure. and stuff <laughs> yeah. like we all we've all had uh, our run-ins with uh, idiot drug heads and stuff <laughs> like that and yeah so like I feel like people can relate to it heavily sure. yeah so um, you know talking about the the EP specifically, like, I think you guys did a really great job at like, like connecting all the dots of the vibe of that you wanted to set. Like definitely some of the song names. I was like, wait, wait, like what, <laughs> who, and so, like, who that's, names the song like Doplo? So, and well, and like, so the idea is like, that just starts it. Yes. So like all this is just starting it. And like the, so the newer material that we have, which we're, we're going to play at, all the shows coming up. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Yeah, there's new material that we'll be playing. It, it, it once you, s- you hear the new material, it's like it's cool because this is like uh, the first couple ideas uh, that will translate into the rest of the story type of thing. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do, and like just kind kind of keep piecing it along mm-hmm. each record. Yeah. So the next record, you'll for sure. It it's weird how it plays into it, but yeah, yeah, a lot of the samples, a lot of the just the riffs and stuff too are like uh, it, it's it doesn't step it up either. It like it just goes even crazier sure. in like a more beat down type of way. So cool. um, s- cool. since you you you've been chatting about some some of the samples, like I'm always kind of curious on how. You know, people are like, if you're a newer hardcore band and you're like, don't know anything about, you know, like finding, you just know of samples, like you can't really go on the internet and type, you know, if you're a metalcore band, like type creepy guy talk, like, you know, nothing's going to come up that is actually good. Right. So like, (laughs) I'm always like, there's always a story behind finding some of those samples and, you know, there's definitely some like, like, I think any good sample makes you like essentially get like there's kind of like an oh shit moment like when there's when there's yeah. something that's said and you're like oh shit and then the music kicks in immediately so like 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 that's uh tsunami tsunami did it great this year mm-hmm. uh with all their samples and stuff they're they're awesome about that yeah absolutely um is there is there any behind the scenes behind any of the body box samples that you want to you know tell um i the i so the the first record is truly like uh, 
uh, it's 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 definitely like a we all used to watch those movies and stuff growing up and everything, and we like we we can all relate to Joe Dirt a little bit. I think everybody in the band. Sure. Okay. So that's where that for sure came from. But in the next the next record and everything, there's for sure I dived into it a lot more and um, like. I'm really into like David Lynch stuff, uh, like Twin Peaks mm. and uh, Blue Velvet and just like really like uh, Gummo, uh, just like really like weird. I like weird shit. Yeah. And like yeah. <laughs> just creepy, like like uh, just it's all about how like a movie shot and everything. And like I like the sounds and everything uh, to where they're not like jump scare sounds but they're just like build ups type of thing sure yeah um so we're pulling more of that from those movies and stuff cool. and we found some cool shit yeah um yeah it no real story we just we love Def Leppard yeah and <laughs> and uh we love Joe Dirt <laughs> yeah on the yeah and I feel like uh, that's just a part of the music ultimately. So like it plays a part into, you know, where, you know, where those things come from. Like when, uh, when my band was doing stuff, it was like, like it, it brings me back to a time where, um, you know, I, <laughs> like we have a, in a, in our first main song on our demo, there's a fast and furious, um, uh, sample. Yeah, that's awesome. And it was like, it brings me back to like, Cause I didn't watch those movies growing up. It was only in the last couple of years where I was like, okay, I'm going to give these a shot. And you know, I'm sure anyone yeah. can, can attest is like, you think it's all about cars, but it's all about family. <laughs> You're like, all right, Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. yeah. The, the second one definitely is my personal favorite. The one with a uh, ludicrous in the giant Afro. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's when he was, uh, that's when he was making big money. Yeah. Yeah. Before, um, before I, is yeah that was probably before he did uh his little song with uh with justin bieber <laughs> oh yeah I to- oh i forgot about that yeah luda he made it yeah he made a hit yeah. i forgot he, he made a hit yeah no um yeah i i think that was just us being so fucked up that we were okay with putting a sample from a movie <laughs> that was just like so obviously like known sure. that like, because a lot of people, like, and a lot of people told me, too, they're like, damn it, I wanted to do that with my old band so fucking bad, but they all told me I was stupid. Oh, I see. So you're like, like nah, no, you don't have to overthink it. No. Or underthink like, it. You just got to do it. Yeah. And like, uh, I, I, like, they were right. Yeah, it is a stupid idea. But <laughs> I, think, I think it's like, I think it's just so stupid that that's what makes it cool so well absolutely yeah i think i think that's a huge thing is like you know like we we put so many little different things but and and it's always weird sometimes where i'll hear i'll hear one band do a sample and then like a couple of years later another band will do it and sometimes it's 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 strange because like there's a band from up here in Canada called a uh, stepping stone. I don't know if you're f- familiar with them, but on one of no, their songs, yeah, they're like, um, I feel like if you like, like they're always talking to themselves about like dirt, dirt bike, hardcore, like just like, you know, ripping <laughs> and drinking monster, monster energy drinks. I'll send it to you. Guys. Hell yeah. But, um, Hell yeah. they had a, they had a sample. Um, I, I'm blanking on, um, 
on the name. I'm actually blanking on the sample. Now, I just know there's a sample that I heard that they did, and then a, a bigger band uh, put it on theirs and uh, on, on their record. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks because like, I know that more people should know about that band, but it's not like this thing that... Like no one owns that sample per se, but there are people that like definitely like popularize it. If that makes sense. Yeah, like you can. I, I like we were. I was a little scared. Like I was sitting there. I was like, when we were picking samples, I was like, because at first I was gonna do like uh, like soprano sample, like mm. soprano samples. Yeah. Like I love sopranos. Dude, I there's just, I'm, there's like an infinite amount from um, from the sopranos that you could. Pick <laughs> yeah, and like. But, like, right when I was about to do that, I can't remember what band it was. What hard, it was a hardcore band. But they did the uh, If Ever Betray My Friends, I Ever Shall Burn, whatever the fuck oh, uh, okay. it is. But I can't remember what it is. It's a big band. But they killed it. Yeah. They killed it. And I was like, God damn it. Like, yeah. I don't know if I could do that again. But... Yeah, I feel like someone else has definitely done plenty of Sopranos samples and like Goodfellas samples and oh, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, stuff from The Godfather. Like, there's there's so many. Um, I think people just love hearing something that they know. Just like it's almost like a surprise type of yes. thing. Yeah. No, and so. it, like, yeah, I think that that's a huge thing. Like, if it's something from a movie, something from like even like a video game, like. It's it's a way to kind of connect the different cultures, yeah. In a very unexpected way, for sure. Yeah. Yes, if you, yeah, if you can just like find that that one thing that a bunch of people connected with, mm-hmm. I feel like that'll for sure, yeah, knock it in. And and even <laughs> even for people that don't know what that is, it like it kind of forces them to be like, okay, like what is this thing? And then you yeah, know, it's, I gotta go it's watch a conversation Joe Dirt now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, guys. So, Make watch so we're, we're getting a little off track. So you guys recorded the music with Gator and then sat on it for a bit. And then like when, when you guys were putting it out, like what was the, the thought process off of like, you know, cause, cause that's always the thing when you've been sitting on music for that long, you're like, like you're kind of tired of the songs at that point. Cause you're already, you know, you're, like, you're, clearly, you're, cl- you're clearly excited about new body box. And it, it like for the large portion of people that know about your band it's like well we just got this so like it's oh, exciting after, to hear that there's more but like after i heard it that. the millionth time or something over the fourth month of fucking having it or something right I, yeah i i was for sure uh i wasn't done with it but i was just kind of like i was like yeah all right, there it yeah. is. Like that's yeah. that, that's what it is. There's there was no artwork for it yet. There was nothing like that, and uh, like the idea was still like kind of smoothing over, sure, <laughs> and taking out rougher parts that I feel like uh, should uh, be. You know, it's like just going. I like to go over it. Like I like to make it and then just go over it. Like because you know, like how uh whenever you make something like just it could be like a couple days later like a couple months later you're just like fuck why did i say that right or you're just like you're just like why is that 
hit there or yeah. something like that. So you, we uh, like, why did I think this was a sick riff at the time when it's clearly lacking the juice? Yeah, you like turn to your homie and you're like, "Are you cringing as bad as I'm cringing right now?" So, <laughs> like type of thing. Yeah. Right. It's it's that I feel like. So Dude. yeah, I was sitting there and there was no. I was sitting there and I was like, I was just like, all right, well, this is it, yada, 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 whatever. But then the all my friends and everything, Trevor, which is our bass player, and then Stewie, who's our guitar player, um, we're all, they were all just looking at me, just going like, bro, like, so what's up? Like, this is the hardest shit ever. <laughs> Like, and I was just like, nah, like, like, like I believed them because they normally don't bullshit me sure. like that. They'll normally, they like to say, tell me no. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. um, they, uh, <laughs> they like to give me shit. So like I, uh, when they were like, yeah, this is really amazing. I was like, I was like, wow. All right. I, I, uh, it's time to put it in the can and fire it off, you know? Yeah, because it wasn't me that was showing it to people. It was them. It was oh, okay. uh, yeah, it yeah. was Stuart and Trevor uh, that were really like sitting there showing it to everybody. And like Hunter, Hunter has been busting his ass because he doesn't just do uh, our our stuff. Like he'll oh, he's, he'll he hustles. That, that man, yeah, 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 that man is fucking moving. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like. We were me and Hunter were just like chilling, and but they were going around showing everybody, and then they came to me and they're like, "Yo, all these motherfuckers said, yo, this shit's good too." And I was right. like, "I was like, all right, all right, I guess fucking." And I remember it was like then I started just like pestering Hunter. I was like, "Hey, we gotta fucking I think we gotta we gotta wrap this one up. This might actually be we might have something here, right?" And uh, don't delete this up, one, please. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I guess we don't gotta delete this one. Yeah, yeah. And then uh he 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 uh he called me up one day and because he, he's been moving around like crazy and then he moved to Mel yeah, he moved to Melbourne now and he called me up once he moved there and then he was like uh come to my house, let's record it because I suck at recording vocals and uh, I fucking just popped in there fucking one day, knocked it out all five songs. And uh, yeah. And he sent it out to, uh, he had it for a little bit and then he sent it out to our homie, Brandon who mastered it. He does a gravy too, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he fucking took it and it was like this, it was like, it was like so crazy to listen to at first, but like then he took it, Brandon and like Hunter sat in there in a room and just like mixed it, mastered it all, and like honed it in. And it when I got it back, it, like yeah, I was for sure like, holy fuck, because right. once he cleaned it up and everything, like because it's a lot of. It's a lot going on, right? Uh, and, and the songs like it's a lot of it's it's like a lot of tempo changes, and then just a lot of like me just being an idiot, and like so like it's a lot to like pick through. So like Brandon, and then there's samples, and then like it doesn't seem like a lot, but to people that play it, 
it's a lot right and like it's a lot for like this is my first this is my first music thing i've ever done so right, like yeah. i've never like you know what i mean so i'm I, when brandon got a hold of it and strangled us and got us all to calm down in it and it sounds amazing and we i immediately released it and just put it up there and that was the other thing it was my first project i've ever done but it wasn't uh trevor hunter or stewie's first project that they've ever been a part of Mm -hmm. so like i was just kind of like uh that a lot of people were like yo you should do this for maybe to like promo it a little bit or something like that but like i i kind of was just like yeah i think we should just flat out throw it out there and hunter was like yeah throw it out there and we all just i remember one day we were just like all right well i'm just gonna post it and just like post it and <laughs> it popped bro like Dude, like yeah. i i really never i never thought in a million years that uh yeah, it was going to go this way. Yeah, especially like for a first release, like overthinking like how like we we kind of did the same thing with my band. It was like we didn't really think about tapes or doing shit like that like as like the the launch of that. And you know, like I'm I'm sure there there's probably a couple people listening or watching that probably will disagree, but like I think for the debut of like a new music project of yours, like it should be like just there because there's no like um it's like a purely um authentic thing that people can push out into the into the world and that's what you want that's what you want for your first release you just want people to to push it out into the ethos like hey here's this new thing versus like here's the music but then there's the tapes there's the merch blah 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 like like do that shit like you know once that first wave oh. crashes you know oh but i so like i was sitting there and i was really worried about that because like how i was saying like i really fucking care right like right. It, it it bothers me i i can't sleep some nights because like i don't want it i want it to be seen the way you know what i mean i want you to listen to it the way that i want you to listen to it type of thing like and i was super like yo um i want tapes i want vinyl i want i want merch i want to be able to be like hey guys this is my idea and i want you know i mean the people to see it the right way i guess sure or see it in the way that i wanted them to but like everybody was like because because at the same time i was uh very fearful and uh very i am very defensive (laughs) to where i'm just like i don't want i don't want to ask anybody for anything like i don't i i'd rather do it myself like i i don't want to ask you to like this like i if you like it fucking awesome but if you don't all good man well you know what i mean type of thing so it's like i really don't like to force it in front of people so i was like really very like that oh i want to get I want to get vinyl. I want to get tapes all on my own now before we release it so that I can release it the proper way, Mm. how I thought. And um, everybody, Trevor uh, and Stewie and Hunter were all like, just, just wait, Harrison, just wait and see how this goes. And like, 
I was like, all right, all right, all right. And they've been around the block. So, you know, I mean, I, I got to oh, yeah, listen to them. And, uh, yeah, I want to say about it was like two days into releasing it. I got three, uh, three phone calls from just different people trying to distro and, and do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think I, the first person that called was Michael from basic brutality. Okay. And he was following me. I want to say before I even announced the record sure. and like, and like, uh, so when we announced it, he immediately hit me up and was like, cause I, th- yeah, he did corpse pile and corpse pile was awesome. That, that got, that did pretty well when that got released. And, uh, he kind of saw us through that way and because hunter hunter mixed that too i think hmm. and he was like yo we got to put out this shit and everything like that and i i was beyond amazed that anybody wanted to put out anything right of mine and pay for something of mine so I, i'm like i'm immediately like yes yes absolutely hmm. and uh said yes to michael immediately and then like all of a sudden, uh, all these other people started hitting me up, and I think I had like ten, like eleven independent wow, like labels. Let's go. that's sick. No, that's really like I was uh, beyond shocked that mm-hmm. there was that even that many. Yes, and, and uh, yeah, they were like everybody was super nice. Like that's the other thing. I can't. I come from like mainly working in rap world where it's like fuck you motherfucker i like your shit though but it's like sure they'll they'll meet yeah like they'll mean mug you as they tell you how much they love your music right and yeah so i'm not which is it (laughs) yeah i'm not used to people just being uh, like openly upfront like nice about about something like Yeah, yeah yeah so it was a complete shock and then um and then i'm sitting and i was like oh my god i have all these uh, this is so cool and then uh trevor from black dahlia ended up uh i'm not I'm, i wasn't even on twitter mm-hmm. uh before that and then trevor our bass player uh sent me the link and was like excuse me uh, you need to get twitter and look excuse uh, me one, one of your favorite bands is freaking uh posting about you Dude, and sick. yeah that was so fucking cool dude i got i got written up in fucking middle school wearing a black dahlia tee every day because it was just my favorite t-shirt it right. was like this uh it was it was kind of fucked up it was this girl getting her head lopped off or something it was the black dahlia it was black right, dahlia. yeah like no different yeah. than like it's it's a standard for for a band like that like to have something yeah. bad offensive to people yeah and like i loved it as a kid and so like uh yeah then he was like oh homies fucking shouting us out and right. I, that was cool as fuck like Dude, that definitely is cool beyond okay. yeah yeah like a full circle moment for me absolutely yeah and, and, and to you know circle back to my point like the the fact is when you put something out and the product you is good and the market receives it as being good you allow people to come to you versus you going to other people 
Like there's well, a plethora of great like independent labels that, you know, I'm sure would be down if, if your band was like, we want to make tapes, but we don't know how to do that. But like, there's so many different people that are you know like looking for bands to do that. But I think, you know, I think that's a way, like you said, to like, you put it out and you like, if, even if you got one, I'm sure you would be happy, but to get into double digits of people that are like wanting to, to you know, bring your product into a manifested state is, I think. That's why I was like, when Michael hit me up, I was like, Michael, absolutely, my right, dude. Right. You can do whatever the fuck you want, my guy. Mm. And um, yeah, but then like, uh, when all these other people hit me up, I didn't know what the fuck to do. And then like, and then Trevor started tweeting about it. And then I, did, I really didn't know what the fuck to do. And then, but then, um, uh, he yeah that dude trevor like he's a really cool dude he fucking dm'd me and gave me a bunch of advice and everything told me what was up so that was really fucking cool mm. and uh just told me to kind of like chill the fuck out and uh i i took that immediately that advice and um sat there for a couple of days and then uh scott from maggot stomp uh D yeah he DM'd me and then um was just yeah it was just like hey I've been listening to this which is really strange because like I didn't think that it would have fit on there to be honest with you yeah it, it's a very clean sounding record in my eyes and like I just never expected uh they're, they're one of my favorite uh labels for sure to ever be created like sure. like this yeah, yeah. the dude the dude is he's a genius when it comes to like marketing and like just graphic design and stuff like that and like all the bands that he's found and like put on this year and this past like for sure is huge right absolutely and and so when he hit us up when he hit us up it was it was like a it was a thing where I was like, all right, holy fucking shit. Uh, you know what I mean? This guy's going to make some cool fucking shit for us for sure. Mm -hmm. And like, this is like, uh, cause I, I, this is what got me back into death metal. I wasn't into it the past couple of years. Right. But the second I started hearing bog, uh, stabbed, um, 200 stab wounds, uh, a devourment, all those bands and stuff like that to me was like, I was like, yo, this is some really cool shit. And like, it's old school, but it's like not at the same time. And mm. it's, it's, it's in a cool little twist and a cool like attitude that uh, I think a lot of people are like afraid to touch sure. nowadays. Yeah. People yeah. don't want to, people don't want to go down that, that, that route. I feel like yeah. they're afraid to be, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, like I, I definitely think that there in every music genre, there's gonna be people who um, you know, have oh, like this is this is the legendary like era of this music that everyone tries to replicate, you know, whether that's death metal or hardcore. But you know, at, like speaking as someone that really didn't grow up with a lot of that, like I definitely went more of like, you know, the new metal, like metal, metal core kind of stuff, and then Same. you know, eventually went into that. So like it, like you guys for me are like a way to kind of broaden my horizons 
and kind of look into that world a little bit more. Um, so like, I, I think I look at that as a net positive versus like looking at, um, you know, tr like, uh, expanding different things. Um, so yeah, like that's what, that's what was really fucking cool that I thought about Scott because like he put us on there, even though we're, we're obviously not what is on there already. Sure. And that's what I love that he, he was so cool about doing like, I feel like a lot of people would have been like, eh, like we don't really want to have a band that has, you know, these types of sounds on our death metal label type of thing. And you can easily have that old head type of mentality, Sure, but it's really fucking cool that he was like, no, this is cool. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm going to sign this or distribute this or whatever. Like yeah. that is beyond cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I think having the the crossover because like you know off of some of the shows that you've announced like playing with largely a lot of like like hardcore bands like Three Knee Deep yeah. and Minefield like there's a lot of variety but I I hope that that is a standard kind of going forward that like I, like there's an undeniable amount of strength in like mixed bill shows like how we were talking a little bit earlier like you pay 10, $15, whatever it is, but you get to see like five different worlds of heavy music all under, all under the same roof versus that's, like the same yeah, breakdown re re part, like five well, different. And times. it's like, that's what makes it cool for the, for the kid that's mm -hmm. going to see it or whatever. Like, you know, like I don't, um, like I really care about the lineup and I, you know what I mean? I don't want someone to like, go there and like i i wouldn't play a a show that i didn't feel like we fit on though sure like like as much as that's like super like we got offers to do other hardcore shows in the next coming months but we were like we ended up just just saying no to it just because like we were just like we don't i just don't know them like, and I don't, and I just don't know their, like, I love their music or whatever it is, but at the same time, I'm like, and I, like, totally not us, and I would love to play it, but I just feel like the show, like, just wouldn't be delivered right if we were there. Mm -hmm. So, like, when we got the offer for 3 Me, it was, like, the perfect, um, it's a perfect, like, middle ground. Like, uh, they're they're a band that like is hardcore and they're very good mm -hmm. and they're very good hardcore music, but like they're lyrically dramatically different from a lot of hardcore bands. And yeah. like my eyes Dalton, the reason why I got into 3d deep was because I hear this motherfucker, like I was in the back of the club or yeah. And all I hear is, And yeah. you're just like, yo, this guy is, <laughs> this guy is really just going in. Like, yeah. He's just, he doesn't, he just doesn't give a fuck. Right. Like, he's, as Dalton would say, he's tapped in. Like, I, and I just like, I was like, yo, that's, that's really cool. And like, a lot of people would come up to me and be like, oh, I don't like Vinny D because they're just like, they're, they're just whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, that's the coolest fucking part right. about them is that they show up and it's just like it's a 
like you don't even know what's going on and then all of a sudden you just get smacked in the face with this like dive bomb like cool like jungle beat type of rhythm yes. band that's like and then you got all these um dolphins like a lot of people don't know that he's like he's been a dj for a fat minute and yeah. he does like bro he's got a little triton like a rolling triton i think it is I might be wrong. Okay. And uh, it's like a little, uh, it's like a rack mount uh, synthesizer. Oh, okay. And dude, the shit, like the soundscapes and everything like that for all 3D Deep come off of that. Mm. And he just sits there at home and will just, he has a machine and he's got a bunch of, he's got a bunch of keyboards and shit. And he just sits at home, man, and just like, I've never seen anybody like entertain themselves the way that <laughs> he entertains himself with this, Love but that. it's inspiring. Yes. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, it was cool to see also like where those sounds came from. Mm-hmm. He, he picked it from a piece of machine. Yeah. I thought it was really cool too. Love, love that. Yeah. And, and I hope that there's, you know, someone, uh, you know, to, to capture some of the, the shows and to see people going off. Cause I really think, you know, um you guys are going to kill it and you know just grow as a band as uh as we kind of get into this next next chapter of heavy music um we can start to wrap it up harry but um yeah this has been a really great chat um you know it's i appreciate you making some time and being flexible and yeah of course um so so the last segment of the podcast as i'm sure you know is a favorite mosh story that you would like to share (laughs) um so that literally could be anything that's top of mind whether it's like uh, something that happened to you, something that you did to someone else, um, you know, something funny, something gruesome, whatever's the first thing to your head is uh, how we kind of start to end it here. All right. Well, off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would definitely say Vane. Okay. Those guys, that was the roughest show. Uh one of the roughest shows that I've ever worked. Mm. Uh, I got to do lighting for them. Okay. And uh, they're, they're just like, as you know, when they play, it's, they're, it's just like, it, it, the songs don't really have an intro. So it's just like, go, and right. you're going. And right. like, it was a pop-up show. Um, do you remember that rapper Tankhead? He like murdered some dude in Miami. Oh, he's in prison okay. now. He, no. he was with that. He was with that. He used to hang out with that XX Temptation dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, he used to be in that little circle. And um, he, it was a Tankhead show. And you know the rapper Cupcake. Cupcake. I'm I'm honestly not on my like my knowledge for rappers. So you you probably Bro, know way more than than I do. You probably won't like Tankhead so much, but definitely you will love Cupcake. Okay. Cupcake, cupcakes, cupcakes the homie. Okay. And uh, but she raps about like just like pussy and shit like that. That's funny. <laughs> and uh, so like dramatic different crowds. Like it went from uh, SoundCloud trap to a vain pop-up show and it this was the night that we all like uh just like realized that we need to hide trash cans <laughs> and hide, hide hide things like like stools and like objects that could be used as a weapon type of thing anything that and, a normal person can pick up and throw across the room yeah we really learned it that night and um 
it it was just nuts. Yeah, because they were because they wanted to black out. They black out the stage every time mm. before they go on, and like that's that. I'm sorry, but that's the coolest hardcore band like ever. When they told me that, they were like, they're like, oh, can you black out the whole room? when we go on yeah because like most people that go to shows like that are like keep the fucking lights on i fucking see if i'm gonna get decked in the fucking face right and like these guys are like no lights the first song like first song to have like no lights right and like so like they they were doing like an intro where it was just like a like just like a tom breakdown or whatever sure and yeah. like that guitarist is using that pitch shifter thing where he's like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. and like it, it just was like and then i blacked out the lights and like all you hear is just like you don't hear the guitars anymore all you hear is just oh 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 oh, oh, oh. you just hear clapping like yeah. it was just like a whole like a whole audience is clapping but nobody was clapping everybody's just getting punched in the face right and Dude. the lights are still off and they're they're just getting halfway through the intro and it's about to go in and like i just remember just seeing like this dude just get pressed up against my cage mm-hmm. and i don't have my like it's like a it's like a gate like a sure yeah yeah it's like a prison fence type of thing sure. just at the barbed wire and uh the gate doesn't lock because it got broken it's like just one of those little latch things that you throw down. Okay. And it got broken off like a couple shows afterwards and like they never were going to fix it for me. Mm. And like, and that was before I improvised it and it fucking, some kid just gets pressed up against it. The door comes flying for the cage. The cage door comes swinging open, slaps the front of the house mixer and almost like, like just took off my hand everything. Oh my God. Cause it just swings. It swings open. Like, yeah. Like like uh like that. There's and no I'm standing there's like no this. system to to slow it down or stop it. I am the system to stop <laughs> the door. <laughs> and it's just smack the shit right. out of me. And then but you just all of a sudden you see all these kids just come flowing through. And then bro, it it, it turned into like a beehive. <laughs> like the whole room just turned into a fucking beehive, bro. Jeez. And like all this shit's happening. So I just hit a random thing on the light board and the light board just starts going crazy. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And band's playing. And then as the band's playing, some dude, like a, you could tell like a fight, like a real fight was starting to break out in one of the corners because mm. like uh, everybody moved away from the cage and like moved towards that corner. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, as that happens, um, the rappers started fighting in the back or something. What's and then, happening? <laughs> So there was like a fight going on in the back because all the rappers are clashing with the hardcore kids right. and like people are stepping on their shoes and shit. And then like fucking then uh, all of a sudden in the bathrooms, a, a fight breaks out in the bathrooms. So then we got three fights going on all in one room and Vane's still fucking playing. And like, oh my God, so you're sitting there and like, I'm trying to help all these. This is just 30 seconds into it. And we're helping all these, I'm helping this goddamn kid get out of my goddamn cage. And at that point in time, I looked out of the cage and I got out of there and it was just erupting. Like just people like flying off the stage. It was, it was probably one of the coolest fucking shows I've, I've gotten to see there. But, uh, 
some girl or something got her shit kicked in and she she's been suing us ever since i think oh for that but like or trying to sue the band or i think trying to sue both of us there's some lawsuit that's happening oh she got her shit kicked in she got her shit kicked in bad (laughs) yeah because everybody it, it just turned into a giant fucking like everybody in this whole place was swinging for their life like but the mentality of like if i'm going nobody can hit me and everything right yeah the the mentality of if i mosh super hard no one will hit me but it was almost like usually it's a couple people that have that mindset but it sounded like the there was just so many people and then it just yeah became a slaughterhouse well and then when you go into the back and then our security guard tyree was just like he was working that night (laughs) at one point in time we're all just like yo like I don't even think we can kick anybody out because this is literally everybody in this whole venue. Right. We just gotta wait till the band stops because you can't you can't even stop the band at that point in time. You right. Stop the band, then it's fuck the venue, and then riot. Yeah, dude, that is crazy. Like, sounds like a whirlwind of a time. See there, so that's like that's like the craziest mosh pit story. Yes. Mosh, Definitely. mosh pit definitely um well yeah applaud you for that harry um know that (laughs) like yeah it ended with a fucking bang for sure um obviously (laughs) all the um all the body box links and all the all those kind of social handles and websites will be in the description of the video and the show notes of the podcast but if there's anything you want to plug shout out or send the people off with before we wrap wrap up the show officially the floor is yours my friend um there's going to be a maggot stomp seven inch uh for body box that'll be coming soon cool once ever we get those in uh they'll be announcing that and then um come see us july 18th at the body box release show man it'll be fun yeah if you're in orlando yeah i um i think i put it out there as a joke when um uh because i was like body box flesh driver minefield and i was like it like like i'll I'll say it as a maybe but like if if there's something where i could like fly down to film that like it i I be very was that well we'll work that out okay i'll I'll get you down here we we can talk about it if if you got time we'll get you down here yeah yeah i think i think it's a there's there's some uh some hurdles to jump but i would be hella down so maybe we'll chat if you can if you can do it I'll get you down here. Okay. Hell yeah. Well, uh, either we'll, fun. we'll drink some beers. Oh, absolutely. And some liquid deaths for sure. Um, Hell but without, yeah. without, uh, further ado or without further ado, you said at the top of the show, not the end. Um, uh, anyways, <laughs> Harry, this has been super great. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Hell yeah, Spencer. Thank you so much, my dude.